All right, give me a sound check. Use. Microphone check. You... Check three. Microphone check. Now you're tuned to the sounds of the DRE. Very good. 30 years this week. That's right. Wow. Let me start the show with a story about the chronic 30 years ago to the date. Uh, and we'll cut this perhaps, but I, it was the first CD I ever bought. And I think we were what, like 11 years old. And I went to Camillus mall with my neighbor. We walked over there. I bought the chronic at that time. I was too young to understand the concept of a radio edit. So I thought the version on the radio, which was still like somewhat explicit, but I thought that was the version. So I was waxing my parents' car. They like pulled it around the backyard and um, I'm like, I'll wax the car and I'll put the boom box out on the deck and I'll listen to the chronic. And so I put it on and the very first track is that like, you know, play this loud in a residential area. And then it goes straight into Dre day, the, the uncensored version. And my mom comes like running out. She's like, what the hell is this? She drove me to the mall and made me return it right away. And then I went back a week later and bought it again. And then just like kept it in my room and listened quietly. Well played. So that was the first CD I ever bought. I had to buy it twice. First and second CD I ever bought, I guess you could say. <laughs> Respect. So happy 30 <laughs> years to the chronic. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Take the Points College Football Podcast. It is our Bowl Game Spectacular Part 1, our favorite time of year, our favorite shows of the year. Today, we are going to talk about the first uh, handful of games, wrapping up with uh, the games on the 22nd. So starting on the 16th with the Bahamas, Bahama Bowl, Bahamas Bowl, and going through all the games on the 22nd. I'm Tom. I'm here with Ryan and Dan. Before we get into the game specifically, I'm going to toss it to my co-host Dan Partridge in Phoenix, Arizona, as I do every year. Dan, explain the thought process on betting bowl games, what you look for, and how it differs from the regular season, because it's significantly different than picking a random game on any Saturday in the fall. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, uh, bowl season, a lot of unique angles, motivation, player opt-outs, coaching changes, where the bowl game is, um, who has uh, very good matchups compared to their opponent. Um, there's a lot of moving parts. Uh, they're really hard to pick. Um, and they're really, really hard if you put money on them in advance and you don't know who's playing. Um, but you can kind of estimate who might opt out and make some money. Um, for instance, last year, uh, Utah against Ohio State. Ohio State opened up a touchdown favorite, um, you know, but then they had their two wide receivers opt out and it closed as a three-point line and Ohio State won by three. So you would have pushed with Utah, you know, if you bet the game 24 hours before the game started, but if you bet it two weeks ahead of time, you would have won. So I think there's a couple spots like that to identify this year. Um the games we're talking about so far uh, in this episode don't have a ton of opt-out um, importance, but there's a lot 
coming up? I mean, we, we, there's probably already 30, 40 players who have opted out, and there's a lot of transfers as well. Um, just a lot, of, a lot of moving pieces, but that's what makes it so fun. And uh, my other co-host, Ryan Spillett, also live from Phoenix, Arizona. Ryan, uh, what type of things do you look for in the bowl games? Um, I mean, it's a lot of what Dan said. It's, it's For me, it's mostly just a motivation thing. Um, who's at a bowl that they expected, you know, that didn't expect to have a bowl? Who's at a bowl that's way below what they, their expectation was? Um, you know, we'll get into that pretty pretty early on in the show here. But, you know, like Florida, for example, you know, is a great one where it's like, you know, they had playoff expectations, New Year Six expectations, and now they're in the Las Vegas Bowl. So, like, do they really care? We'll, we'll see. So that's, that's the thing that mostly that I look at. All right. Without further ado, Dan, lead us into the bowl game picks, lines, all that stuff. Let's do it. Fantastic. Been waiting all year for this. Hometown Lenders Bahamas Bowl. See, I think, okay, a quick aside. Part of my favorite reason of hosting this is, is calling out the name of the bowl every time. And how they've changed names, like, like, wait a minute, wasn't this called something else? And then, then you know, you kind of think of it. But anyway, there have been uh, some anyway. significant changes this year. Bad boy, Mo- bad boy mowers has picked up out of Florida and now is hosting the Pinstripe Bowl. We got cheese. A lot of movement. Cheese it's has abandoned your hometown of Phoenix, Arizona, and gone to Florida. It's <laughs> a lot going on. A lot of opt outs and transfers with the sponsors going on. Um, Cheez-Its hit the portal. All right. all right, here we go. Hometown lenders, Bahamas Bowl, Miami of Ohio against UAB. Both teams at six and six. UAB minus 11, total 44 and a half. Um, UAB has the nation's leading rusher in Dwayne McBride. Um, Miami of Ohio plays in the MAC, and they, they've given up 220 yards rushing on average in their last three games. <clears throat> I'll start this one. The Mac is glorified high school football. I watched some action this year, and it's at an all-time low level of competence. It's worse than ever. I'm going to blindly bet against every Mac team the entire bowl season against the spread, and I believe I will come out on top. Uh, Therefore, I will take a team from Alabama – with the nation's leading rusher against a Mac squad. Now being in the Bahamas could have some motivation issues. Whoever drinks the least amount of pina coladas the night before may win. Uh, I don't have an insight on what team that will be. I'm guessing the team from Miami of Ohio is going to drink a lot of them, mostly because they are from Ohio uh, and it's cold and snowy. I expect them not to show up whatsoever. And I believe Blaine Gabbert's little brother might still be the quarterback. All this rolls into, I'm not going down with Miami of Ohio. So give me UAB minus 11 and a half. Ryan. Well, I'll uh, try to to keep mine a little shorter there. Uh, (laughs) I can't bet this game for two reasons. One, it's the Bahamas Bowl. It's always the wildest bowl game. Just bet the over in this game. I don't care 
if you think Miami, four and a half. Yeah, just bet the over. There's always wildness in this game. I don't trust UAB with that big of a spread, and here's why. The Indianapolis Colts went out and hired Jeff Saturday off of ESPN to be their coach. He wins his first game. UAB immediately goes out and hires Trent Dilfer to be their coach. I forgot about that. Yes, he does the Elite 11 stuff. Yes, he coaches high school football in like Tennessee or some shit. But you're going from Bill Clark, one of the most respected Hall of Fame, take the points Hall of Fame coaches, and now you're you're, you're going the Dilfer route here. So I don't think he's coaching this game, but just his involvement in general, I can't I can't condone a UAB bet. Take the over. So I have um, notes for every game. And my first note for this game just says Trent Dilfer hyphen (laughs) ask Ryan. So I'm glad, I'm glad you jumped the gun and, you know, got out ahead of that one. Um, I will add something that I've been reading lately about Trent Dilfer, which is that um, there's some dissent from the players who don't like it. They like the interim coach, uh, Bryant Vincent is his name, and a lot of um, players have been very vocal about wanting to keep him. So I guess they did not want Dilfer for that reason. Nothing against Dilfer, I'm sure, but, um, you know, that's how it goes. Uh, I can't go against either of you. I mean, motivation is obviously the key in the Bahamas Bowl. I tend to bet against defense in these tropical bowls, especially Bahamas and Hawaii. So I will definitely take an over. And then, um, Dan, you already mentioned it, but I'm fading the Mac this entire bowl season. The Mac has been, this has been the worst Mac season in 15, Terrible. 20 years. I mean, a long time. So just a few stats to kind of back that up. Um, Miami offense, 115th nationally this year. So even among Mac teams, not great. Um, they are averaging 310 yards a game, 20.3 points a game whereas UAB is averaging 442 and 30.6. So huge advantage. Uh, Miami struggles against the run. As you mentioned, UAB has a good run game, rushed for 400-plus yards in their last game. So I think they're going to just run right over Miami. I will say a couple things going for Miami, uh, in case you're feeling wild. They are 4-2 and against the spread as an underdog this year. And a UAB in their last seven, one and six against the spread. So uh, it's an 11 point spread. So you might have to think about that. Um, if you just have a pick 'em pool, like I'm in a pick 'em pool and a pool with the lines, the pick 'em UAB easy. In terms of the line, I'll have to think about it, but probably going to lean UAB in all cases. I feel like. Like that Miami of UAB game or Miami first UAB game is the most research we've done on any bowl game or any college football game the entire year. That's why I love bowl season so much. Haven't really watched either team play, but we all have talking points. <laughs> I got bowl a lot more. I got best. a lot more. Great. All right, let's move on. The Cure Bowl from Orlando, Florida. Good game here on Friday night. UTSA against Troy. Uh, two ranked teams, um, two up-and-coming coaches. Uh, Troy's coach uh, hails from the Mark Stoops Kentucky tree. 
believe it or not. Um, Troy was absolutely terrible a couple of years ago, and they've finished 11-2 and two this year. They've won 10 games in a row. Uh, but UTSA has uh, Frank Harris and that offense that scores a lot of points. It's Troy minus one and a half, total 54 and a half. Um, Z, why don't you take this one? Sure. I've got a lot. Uh, leave the coaching stuff for Ryan. You um, And Troy has been our team lately, especially Ryan. So I feel like we got to go with our team. Um, but this is a really good matchup of two teams I like a lot. Um, UTSA has a motivational aspect, which is that they have no bowl wins. So they're kind of, they're looking to get a bowl win and that's a great motivator. Um, also great QB battle. As you mentioned, Frank Harris versus, do you know the name of Troy's QB? We have not mentioned this all season, but great, great quarterback name. Gunner Watson. Gunner something. Gunner yeah, Watson. Gunner Watson. Yes. That's what it is. Um, uh, we love Troy, but Troy actually is, has been a better defensive team. UTSA has been the offensive powerhouse of these two teams this season. Uh, they average 38.7 a game, 11th in all FBS. Troy averaging uh, 25.7, which puts them 81st in all FPS. So Troy really is more of a defensive team. You've got a UTSA offense versus Troy defense in this game. Should be an underpick given that, but uh, nobody really plays defense in bowl games. So um, it is tough to go with an under, although I will be playing the Dan Partridge under theorem in this game, which you're welcome to explain now, or we can talk about that later. Sure. Uh, what you do is you bet one unit on the first half under. If it comes in, you stop there to collect your profit. If the over first half comes in, go ahead and bet two units on the second half under. And it's been a profit profitable uh, formula for many years. So that's my pick for this game. Ryan. Uh, I'm going to actually go ahead and disagree with Tom. I'm going to take UTSA outright in this game. I think you said it. It's the motivation factor. First bowl win. I also think they actually have the better coach and the better quarterback. And I think that matters in a bowl game. And I think they have something a little bit more to prove. So I actually like UTSA in this game outright. I am unable to come up with a winner. I think both teams are tough to bet against. Have won ten games in a row. Therefore, I will take an over because UTSA is involved. So just the over. That's all I got. Brian, I, I just want to say, great point, Dan. This game, one hundred percent, deserves to be in a way better spot. These two yeah. teams are great teams, great college programs this year. And this game deserves to be much, much later. This deserves a New Year's Eve, at least, I think, in my opinion. It's a disservice to these two teams that they're getting this early of a game. I completely agree. All right, let's move on to Saturday. Oh, boy. Yes. Okay, I got a lot to talk about here. Cincinnati at, or not at, Cincinnati first Louisville, Louisville minus one, total 41 and a half in the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. When I think about Boston, I think about Wasabi. They couldn't call this the fucking 
Worcestershire sire sauce the, bowl or the, uh, uh, the clam the, chowder bowl. Yeah, the Guinness Dropkick right. Murphys bowl sponsored by <laughs> racism. <laughs> that's that, that that's genius. You, you're you're that. actually so close, Tom. They already have the sponsor. Why is not why is Barstool Sports not doing this one? Oh, it's the perfect mass hole connection. Yes, that actually is a very, very good idea. It's a good point. Um, okay, a lot going on here. Cincinnati will not have Luke Fickle, who has moved on to Wisconsin. Uh, Louisville will not have Malik Cunningham, who opted out. Or Scott Satterfield, who is on now Cincinnati. This is the Scott Satterfield Bowl. What the fuck is going on here? This is all sort of messed up. This is a total goddamn disaster. This is, ladies and gentlemen, your your opinion is wrong. Yes. Game of the week. Oh, I didn't we know we were no doing choice. it. Of course we're doing it. This is the Scott Satterfield Bowl. So Louisville minus one, total 41 and a half. Tom, make your selection. Sure. Well, uh, to me, this is <laughs> to me this is pretty easy. Uh, Cincinnati was a playoff team last year, and they had a better coach, and therefore they're more fundamentally sound. And uh, you know, even though they've lost Sauce Gardner, etc., they are a so- solid defense. So I'm going to take Cincinnati and the under. Easy. Cincinnati in the under. Okay, so you're so you're going to wager on a team that just hired Scott Satterfield as their head coach, right? Great. Uh, that's terrible. And the over-under is 41 and a half. If I don't see Army, Navy, or Iowa involved, 41 and a half is too low. So those are bad picks. Ryan. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, this is easy. This is super easy for me, actually. I think it's Louisville in the over. I mean, for two big reasons. One, this is now the backup quarterback to Malik Cunningham's opportunity to showcase himself to the quarterback guru, Coach Brom, coming in. So this is his, this is his chance to shine for the new coach. And also... Satterfield was on the tarmac report for two years before he tarmacked himself. Just the boost of getting rid of that clown should propel Louisville to an easy victory. Dan, go ahead. Louisville in the over, huh? Well, um, that's not coming in. Okay, so Malik Cunningham's (laughs) out, so... Uh, their only good offensive player is not playing. Um, Cincinnati uh, has been underrated all year, and they'll be motivated because their head coach left them, and they'll feel pissed off about it. And with Satterfield being a total prick, players will be playing for their jobs uh, in this meaningless bowl game. So look for that. And an over is incorrect. Uh, No one scored any points in this game. First one to 13 wins. Dan, I'm disappointed. I thought you were going to go back to the, um, you're going to bet on a team that hired Scott Satterfield three years ago. <laughs> I, I thought about it. Can Okay. It. Who cares about a pick for this game? I, I have something I need to discuss and this involves you, Ryan. So you kind of mentioned it, the tarmac report. 
You do it every week during the season. The five worst coaches or the five coaches who are most likely to be left on a tarmac. This is something I've never seen before, which I texted you guys when Satterfield took the Cincy job, that it was a self tarmac that he knew he was on the tarmac report. And so he took what most people would view as a lesser job going from a ACC to, I mean, I know since he's going into the big 12, so I guess that factors in, but even the big 12 is, you know, demoting itself. So perhaps he took what would many would consider a lesser job knowing that he was going to be fired next year at Louisville demoting himself. But then it became a double tarmacking because Jeff Brom, I know he has connections, but he just took Purdue to the Big Ten championship game. And then he left willingly for a team that's been decimated by Scott Satterfield, which I also consider uh, Purdue to Louisville to be a demotion. So that's two demotions. What is going on? Meanwhile, Luke Fickle gets like a pot of gold with the greatest promotion ever. So I feel like Luke Fickle took the soul of both of those guys and they had to like, they had to pay for him to rise up. Ryan, please help me break this down. Unbelievable. Um, I mean, it's pretty easy. Satterfield knew he was going to get canned. So he had his eye on the next job. When Fickle left, it was a, it was a perfect opportunity for him. Like you said, they're going to make the jump to the big 12. It's a no brainer for him, you know, to take that job. For Brom, it's a no-brainer. I mean, he's a Louisville legend. I mean, I remember being in, was it grad school? I remember being in grad school watching Brom play quarterback. Like, he is a Louisville legend. His whole family are Louisville legends. That's his dream job. As funny as we might find that, like, that is his dream job. It's his alma mater. Like, completely reasonable and understandable that he took that job. I, I get it. I mean, I, I get loving your alma mater. I, I'm pretty fond of my alma mater, Marist College. But like if I was currently the coach at, I don't know, Troy, like I wouldn't go to Marist College just because I loved it. You know what I mean? Like, of course, I would go up from a high school to Marist, but I wouldn't go from like, you know, being the OC at Penn State down to Marist College. Um, you're not you're not a god at Marist College. It's a completely you don't know different that. scenario. I I you don't know vis- that. I visited. <laughs> I visited you. It's the comeback. That's what I like to hear. Double touche. Okay. Speaking of which, quick right. aside, I took my daughter to a birthday uh, party that was at an arcade. She's uh, six years old. For the listeners. And they have a new arcade game that is beer pong. It is, uh, you know, a stack of cups with holes in them and ping pong balls roll out kind of like the basketball pop a shot and you bounce them into, into the cups and like the cups light up when you hit them. And, uh, I gave, I let my daughter play. She wanted to play it. I went to the bathroom. I came back. She's drilling every single shot. So, uh, (laughs) We Look got a out. future superstar, Marist College class of 2038, needs to watch out. Respect. Yep. Okay, let's move on here to the SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like they're McLean Northeast competition from here. <laughs> it does sound like that. But I'm not sure. Uh, Florida against Oregon State. Oregon State minus 10. 
A lot of things going on here. Florida's down to their third-string quarterback because Anthony Richardson's going pro, and John Kitna's son got busted with child porn. Um, that's a, a dangerous that, situation. Uh, I missed that news. I'm just hearing Truth. that for the first time. This is yeah. Oh Out, wow! Kicked off the team. So now we're down to the third-string quarterback. That's why this line's ten points. Is he arrested Oregon or anything? Because like getting kicked yeah, off the team in, d- doesn't seem like no, adequate punishment for that. No, okay. he was in okay, jail. Good. Not good. Not good. Bad situation. Uh, trying to trust a Florida football team to go to Las Vegas to play a meaningless bowl game is a dicey situation at best. Oregon State isn't that good. They only have one win over a ranked team. Um, They're kind of a scrappy team. To lay 10 points to an SEC school is pretty crazy. Uh, My heart wants to pick Florida, but they also might be 38-0 at half Oregon State. Um, I'm still going to take Florida in the 10, and I don't like it. Ryan, what do you think? I'll keep this short and sweet. Motivation. Oregon State is excited to be there. They're in Las Vegas. They're out of Corvallis. Florida doesn't give a shit. This is 100%. Oregon State, I'm taking this with a high confidence pick. High, high confidence pick. Z. So I was going to take Florida with the points, just SEC talent versus Pac-12, but I was unaware of this uh, news that you've just presented. So there's no way karma-wise I can bet on them now. I am also scarred by Florida's last bowl appearance, which was the biggest no-show I think I've ever seen in my life. So um, I think maybe I'll take an over, assuming there will be no defense and no trying and uh, probably stay away from the line if I had to pick. I'm going Oregon State. Can't bet on a Florida team that's up to these kind of uh, antics. Wow. Um Anthony Richardson, it'd be interesting to see where he gets drafted. Um, I did see a mock draft the other day that has Stanford's, Stanford's quarterback, Tanner McKee, ninth overall. <laughs> what the, cool. What the, what, what's going on here? Um, anyway, let's move on to the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl presented by Stifle. What the is Jimmy this? Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl presented by Stifle. All right, let me read my notes because my first note for this just said, is Jimmy Kimmel still involved? So that answers that question. Then my next note says, let Dan and Ryan take this one. Yeah, he is. Uh, Washington State against Fresno State. Fresno minus three, total 54 and a half. This is a nice job by the LA Bowl to keep this very West Coast. We got Fresno and Washington State. We don't have any nonsense from the East Coast trying to infiltrate this game. Weird line opened uh, Washington State minus four, swung all the way to Fresno minus three. Uh, I guess Jay Kaner is going to play in this game. There were some questions about that. I don't know why the line moved seven points, but that's a huge move. I do know that I watched the Apple Cup and Washington could have scored 5,000 points on Washington State. Therefore, give me the over 54 and a half, and I don't have anything else on that. Ryan disagrees. Go right ahead. Well, that's because, Dan, you didn't watch the Fresno-Boise game, which was an absolute shit show train wreck of offense. (laughs) 
That game was awful. It was so bad. I'm taking Washington State with confidence in this game. Fresno is no good. They, you know who their offensive coordinator is, by the way? It's Kellen Moore's little brother. Oh. Like former Boise quarterback, now Cowboys O coordinator. It's his little brother's the Fresno O coordinator. He's no good. Did he play somewhere? Yeah, he played at Boise. I think he was like a receiver. So right, for that so reason, it was I'm a Sean Clifford, State. Liam Clifford situation. This is a uh, Clay Helton and uh, oh god, his his brother, whatever his name was. <laughs> Anyways, I'm taking Washington State. Moving on. See. I'll go with you guys, Washington State. Or wait, you All got right. wait, Dan, you pick Fresno, right? I took the over. Okay. I will pick Washington State and the over. Okay. That's a nice fun game at 1.30 in the afternoon on Saturday the 17th. This is at 545 Eastern Time at night. The Lending Tree Bowl, Southern Miss against Rice. This is not good. This is uh, five and seven Rice who got in due to their superior academics over other five and seven schools against Southern Miss. Southern Miss minus six and a half, total 46 and a half. I only got three words for this game. Frank Gore Jr. And he plays on Southern Miss, and that's all I need to know personally. Give me Southern Miss minus six and a half against the five and seven shitbag team from Texas. That's my guess. Z. So looking through, I didn't watch much of either of these teams throughout the season, but looking through the numbers, I actually think this is better and closer game than people realize. Um, and the reason is because of the schedules and who they lost to. So rice is five and seven. And as you said, only made it because of their uh, academic progress rate. The most important advanced statistic, in my opinion, but they did beat UAB and they beat UL, uh, Louisiana, that is, and uh, of their seven losses, six are to bowl eligible teams. So I know it's kind of a shallow victory there, but like they're not horrible, you know, in terms of five and seven teams, I will take them against like a five and seven, uh, whatever shitbag Nebraska team, for example. Um, Southern Miss lost to Miami and Georgia state plus four bowl eligible teams. So again, quality ish losses. So I think these teams will give each other a good game. Uh, Frank Gore, I think will be the difference, but I think it'll be closer than people expect. So I'm going to take the points, but I am predicting a Southern Miss, uh, win by let's say like three points. Right. Uh, you guys kind of touched on the big points. Um, Rice is the academic school. Southern Miss is a school under federal investigation for improperly using welfare funds to build athletic facilities. I'm going to take Rice. Oh, really? I thought you were going the opposite direction. When I hear, oh, this school's full of really smart kids and has great academics. And uh, this school pays people under the table, steals money, and uh, sends dick pics to women. I know who I'm <laughs> picking in football. Not in life, but in football. Nope, I'm uh, taking rice. 
So I was listening to ESPN radio driving to work the other day, which is always a stupid way to start your day. Um, they were talking about Jimmy G being injured in uh, San Francisco. And they said, are there any quarterbacks out there that San Francisco might want to look at? First host said, how about Phillip Rivers? And they all went, no, 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 no. Phillip's time has come and gone. And, so, and someone said, okay, how about Brett Favre? Dead serious. Dead serious. They were like, and they were like, well, you know, he he is a gunslinger, but I don't know if he'd fit the system. And they, they gave more more of a chance to Favre getting signed than Philip Rivers. So I just that would felt be, like that would be awesome. But uh luckily they don't have to do that, Dan, because <laughs> the son, the uh beloved take the points character, Brock Purdy, son of Wolf. Right. Uh <laughs> coming out of nowhere. People are like, never heard of this guy. I'm you, like, what are you talking you about? You changed the course of this guy's career by talking to his mom about how good he and his brother were. That was the other family from Gilbert. That was the plumbers, but still. Oh, that wasn't. Oh, I've been no. uh, rooting for him under false pretenses. Never mind. That's okay. But no, he was, I mean, he made Iowa State good. I mean, look how terrible they are now that he left. Um, anyway. I had Iowa State in the playoff last year on take the points. He did. I was 100% number – I said Brock Purdy is going to be a Heisman finalist and and Iowa State's going to the playoff in last year's preseason. So It almost happened. Look, I was the number one bandwagon fan. (sighs) Okay, let's move on here to the New Mexico Bowl, which is always a total shit show. Uh, SMU, BYU, SMU minus five and a half total 64. I think SMU is a significantly better team. And I think that, uh, BYU is kind of trash and I don't know how they're at seven and five. They beat up on some pretty awful teams, you know, your Colorado States and Hawaii's and so forth. So I'm going to take SMU. I'm going to take the team from Texas. Z. All right. So, uh, I, I somehow skipped this one in my notes, so that's my bad, but, uh, I do know one critical thing off the top of my head, which is I believe BYU's quarterback just hit the portal and went down to uh, Tempe, Arizona, if I'm correct. So mm-hmm. they'll be playing without their QB. And, uh, as Ryan said, you know, it's a toss up or lean SMU to begin with. So I don't know who's in the portal, et cetera, for SMU, but I'm just going to go with them knowing that BYU is kind of hobbled coming into this game. All right. Uh, I want to keep this short and sweet. I like the over in this game. SMU played a game where they scored 56 points in the first half and also gave up 63 and only won by 14. BYU also high scoring team this year. I'm going to put a little wager on this being the highest scoring bowl of all. Um, I think this has a chance to be an 80 pointer. These teams met one time ever in bowl history. It was in 1980 at the Holiday Bowl. Final score, 46-45. Sounds about right. I think that's very possible again. For 1980? Right, f- I mean, that's like a 97-95 game today. It is. I know. It's, it's going to happen again. No one's stopping anybody. All right. Last game of the night, uh, or on Saturday night, which is terrible. North Texas against Boise State in the Frisco Bowl from Frisco, Texas, Toyota Stadium. 
North Texas, the rare team going to a bowl who just fired their coach, but still is going to a bowl against Boise, who blew the uh, uh, Mountain West Championship game at home and now gets relegated to Frisco, Texas to go play a bowl game instead of going to Vegas um, or wherever they were going to get supposed to go. I think Vegas. Um, anyway, Boise minus 10 and a half, total 56 and a half. I'll start this one. Motivation. There's no way Boise State has any sort of motivation whatsoever in this game after losing their conference championship. Uh, North Texas might actually have a little motivation on their head coaches fired. Um, I lead North Texas in the points. I know nothing about them. Um, I do like an under 56 and a half seems a bit high given both these offenses, um, especially in Frisco, Texas. So uh, under, but I have no idea, Tom. Yeah, definitely an under after seeing some uh, recent Boise performances. I do think Boise's got the better talent and they were looking pretty good for a while after they uh, kicked Hank Bachmeyer into the portal. So with a month to practice, I've got to hope that Boise shows up at their, you know, closer to their potential than what they played in their last game. So I'm going to lay it with Boise and take an under and hope for some kind of like 27 to 13 type finish. Alrighty. Um, I'll take under North Texas. Moving on. Yeah, very good. Now we have to focus on the real game. Yes. The Myrtle Beach Bowl from Conway, South Carolina. Marshall against UConn. Marshall minus 10, total 41. Marshall beat Notre Dame, but still lost four other games. They have a great running back, allegedly, but I don't buy it. UConn won six games somehow. Uh, Tons of motivation. Not a lot of talent. They are getting 10 points. Tom, you live in Connecticut. Go right ahead. So the Yukon Hartford bookstore, which I frequent because there's a coffee shop in it and it's near my work, uh, had no Yukon football apparel for the last, um, you know, three, four years since it opened until about three weeks ago. And they finally had one Yukon football sweatshirt that was marked down 25% on the first day I ever saw it. So it should have been marked up 200% because that's when they were winning. And I feel like that is bad karma for UConn to uh, not believe in your team. But I believe in the Huskies. I believe in Jim Mora Jr. And with uh, all this practice time, I think they will cover the 10 points. And 41's tough. I mean, as a total, normally I would lead an under with these teams. But uh, I don't think I can do it, Dan. Ryan. Uh, <laughs> well said. I'll just, whatever you guys are betting, that's fine. Can, okay. Can I ask All then, right. you said it's in Conway, South Carolina. So is the Myrtle Beach Bowl not in Myrtle Beach or is Conway a part of Myrtle Beach? I don't know how this works. It's close by. I don't think they have a bowl site on the beach per se. It's probably nearby. They should play it on the beach. Also, uh, Kenny Powers should flip the coin for this game. Oh, legend. Legend. 
Uh, I'm taking UConn because why not? And that's all I got to say about that. Moving on to the worst bowl game. The famous Idaho Potato Bowl from Boise, Idaho at Albertson Stadium uh, pits Eastern Michigan against San Jose State at 11.30 a.m. local time in Boise, Idaho. Good God. San Jose State <laughs> so early. It's so bad. This game, you say this is the worst, Dan, but I got stats to back it up. It's the worst game. San Jose State minus three and a half, total 54 and a half. Look, I'll keep this short. Give me San Jose State. They're closer to Idaho. They have Siobhan Cordero from Hawaii at quarterback. And Eastern Michigan plays in the fucking Mac. So give me San Jose State. That's all I need to know. Tom. This really is the worst game. And uh, it's not just aesthetics. You know, it's not just the fact that it's two teams that the average sports fan doesn't care about. It's not the fact that they're playing in Boise and it's called the potato bowl. The matchup is actually bad. So Eastern Michigan, zero wins over bowl eligible teams. However, they did. (laughs) However, they did beat one Arizona state with Herm as the coach, which uh, probably was a main cause of his demise there. They beat UMass 20 to 13 right there. That's all you need to hear. Like you shouldn't get a bowl with that. They got absolutely worked by Louisiana, by Buffalo, by Northern Illinois. They lost by three to Toledo late in the season. So those are the best teams they played right there. And they just got destroyed. I mean, Toledo beat them by three, but the rest of them beat them solidly. So uh, unless you count Arizona state, they have zero quality wins. Um, Arizona state's not a quality win. I don't think so either. I mean, it's a power five team. That's the best you can do, but yeah, zero quality wins for Eastern Michigan. Uh, San Jose state, however, not good either. Um, they did hang tight with some teams that were better than them. Auburn, Fresno, Utah state, They only got beat badly in one game, which was by San Diego state. So, you know, at the very least they are competitive with people. Um, but then you look at the, uh, against the spread or, um, yeah, you look at the, against the spread, they're zero and six against the spread in their last six. So what the hell are you supposed to do? Um, I'm going to take San Jose state, but I'm going under. I don't trust either of these teams. Um, so I like an under bat and I think it's going to be bad, low scoring, ugly, and, uh, a prime candidate to just not watch. Smart. Ryan. Fade the Mac. All right. Well said. Moving on to Tuesday night. Liberty against Toledo in the roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. Sounds like if you have a leaky roof, file your claim at roofclaim.com. Is that not what it is? I was going to make a roof claim. I'm, I don't know. I'm guessing. What else? It should be that. I don't know. Uh, from FAU Stadium in Boca. Uh, beautiful spot for a game. Uh, Toledo minus four and a half total 54. This is Toledo's reward for winning the Mac 
and they play against a Liberty team that I have a lot of respect for because they completely tanked their last game knowing that Hugh Freeze was leaving them as a head coach. They gave him the biggest FU send-off possible. Therefore, give me Liberty plus four and a half against the MAC team who's on vacation in Florida. Tom. Yes. Um, normally, normally, I would go against the team that um, just saw their head coach take off for a better job. And, you know, I would go with the team that won their conference. But the MAC has been so bad. Toledo's very overrated. Um, and what you just mentioned about Hugh Freeze and them basically being mad, you would assume there'd be a turnaround. Um, if this was any other week of the season, this would be a hundred percent stay away, but it's bowl season. So you've got a pick. Um, and so my pick is to take the points, take the five points. All right, Ryan. I want to say fade the Mac, but instead I'm going to say take Toledo. Fade Liberty, that school is just it's I can't I can't put money on that piece of shit place. Um let's go Toledo. It's really hard, isn't it? And they've got uh, very bad Jamie, whatever his name is from Coastal coming in, so that's a solid hire for them. So mm-hmm. they have reason to be excited about the future. It's not like Liberty's the, hopes and dreams die with Hugh Freeze. By the way, that might be the most underrated transfer portal quarterback in, in, in all of college football. Grayson McCall Grayson. entered the portal today. Mm-hmm. That's, I think he's actually really good. And I think he's going to end up at a power five school to try to go pro whoever gets him. I think he's really, really good. I think he's a solid pick. He'd be nice for um, how, what year is Kansas's quarterback? You know, a team like that, that's like lower tier power five who is, you know, he has to stay on the East coast. Just bring him to Miami right now. I think that makes a lot of sense. Well, when Spencer Rattler, when Spencer Rattler starts for Alabama next year, maybe he can go right down the street to South Carolina. (laughs) Possible. Okay. Real quick before we move on, I have a couple questions. Hugh Freeze, Auburn. Ryan, can you look into your crystal ball and tell us how this plays out? Oh, sure, Dan. Glad you asked. <laughs> Hang on. Let me let me shake it here. <laughs> it says, check your tarmac notepad. Hang on. <laughs> let me check my tarmac notepad. Holy shit. It says Hugh Freeze is going to be in the week five tarmac report next year. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) Who saw that coming? The magic ball. That's why we shake it. Smart. Neil Brown retained. He's going to be number one, right? Can you give us a glimpse? Give us a glimpse of 2023 Tarmac. Uh, There's going to be two giant buyout guys. One of Jimbo. I think we know who those are. Yep. Yeah, they're they're on the list, and Hugh's going to be on the list. Uh, there's some coaches that need to be on the lookout. Uh, I think Blacksburg, Virginia, needs to be 
uh, extra careful with the next hire they make because they've screwed up a couple here in a row. Yeah, I mean, you you know, you got to yeah. give guys a couple years, but yeah, Brent Venables has to win. We talked about that. There's a lot of guys who have gotten through their grace period now and need to start winning. Brent Pry, I think, is on that list. No more cushion. It's true. Uh, okay, also into the crystal ball, where is former Clemson quarterback DJ transferring to and what is his future? His future is with Chip Kelly back home in Los Angeles. That's where he belongs. Perfect. Okay. Good. Okay. Those are interesting ones. Maybe maybe Oregon replacing Bo Nix. That's a possibility, but I would think he'd go to LA, UCLA, replace DTR. That um, Alabama wide receiver, uh, Treshawn Holden, just transferred to uh, Oregon today. So uh, nice pickup by Oregon for sure. They hope it did well there. All speed. Speaking of Oregon, can we take a minute to recognize that take the points favorite Anthony Brown and Brock Purdy both won NFL games this weekend? It's unbelievable. Anthony Brown somehow uh, is is better in the NFL than he's been at either college stop. He's the guy they talk in the corporate world about like failing up. Like he's the, he's the first ever NFL example of failing yeah. up. It's remarkable. He's going to win a Super Bowl by just like fucking around. Oh, unbelievable. Um, okay. Two more games left to cover tonight. If you guys could uh, log into my sports betting accounts for me on Tuesday morning, December 20th, to make sure I don't bet uh, the Idaho Bowl or the Boca Raton Bowl, I'll be very happy. There's no chance I make any profit on that day. Zero. Uh, I'll bet NBA Tuesday night instead, and I'll try to be a good boy. Uh, all right. Wednesday, December 21st, the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl from the Caesars Sports Dome, Superdome in New Orleans. Nice job by RNL Carriers, really locking down that uh, sponsorship for this bowl game. Another one of McLean Northeast's competition. I was just going to say a that. A second one. A second one. A lot of carrying going on here. Um, South Alabama takes on Western Kentucky. South Alabama minus eight. Total 53 and a half. Uh, Western Kentucky. Still with an explosive offense, but not as explosive as last year with Bailey Zappi. Um, South Alabama, sneaky 10 and 2 squad. Um, don't know much about them. Eight points is a lot to lay against a team that can air it out. Uh, Ryan, any, any feels for this? I love South Alabama. Uh, as you may remember, their coach was featured on the underrated coaches list that we uh, that I did a few weeks ago so been keeping my eye on USA by the way University of South Alabama is USA so go USA that's my pick it's a lot of points eight is a tough number but I, I still like them a lot Z. Yeah, no question. Uh, I'm with Ryan in that I'll take South Alabama to win the game. Uh, you know, a Southern team from Alabama, football, Mecca. Um, they're geographically closer to the bowl game, so you would think they'd get a little bit better attendance. Um, 
10 and two record versus eight and five. But uh, I will say this in, in favor of Western Kentucky. Um, they're a good bowl team. They've won five of their last seven bowl games. They are eight and four against the spread their last 12. And, uh, you know, as you know, they've got a proud history. So both of these teams, as I look through their schedules this year are pretty much untested. It's kind of the opposite of what I said earlier about rice where, you know, they didn't have a great record, but they have played some good teams. Um, neither of these teams have played a great schedule, but they have good records. So, uh, two untested teams. I'm going to take the points with Western Kentucky based on what I've said, but I will pick South Alabama to win outright. I have no clue whatsoever, and therefore I'm taking the points and low confidence. All right, last game of the night we're going to talk about the Lockheed Martin Manufacturing of War Weapons Armed Forces Bowl. Pitts, Baylor Bears minus six and a half against Air Force. Uh, Baylor six and six, but still like if the season got replayed starting now, might like find a way to win the Big 12, which is really weird. Um, They're probably the best six and six team in the country. Air Force nine and three. They had a nice year. They scored a lot of points on offense, of course, running the triple option. Um, I'll take this one. Uh, Air Force, I think they have an advantage when they play teams week over week. We don't have a lot of time to prepare for the triple option. Baylor will have a month to prepare. Uh, Dave Aranda is a cock blocker, as we've talked about in previous episodes. That's his new nickname and a defensive guy. And I think he's going to sniff this out. Um, I like the under, and I'll also take Baylor minus six and a half. Ryan? Yeah, the under is the big play in this game. Uh, if you could do, if you could do a, an over under bowl confidence pool, this would be a top three uh, most confident under pick. So, it's not. I I want my I really want to take Air Force in this spot. I really do, but it's just a matter of of just physical talent and physical superiority. So I have to take Baylor in this spot, but the under is a great, great play. Yeah, I agree. Z take us home. So um, what you both said, and especially what you said, Dan, it actually sounded like you were reading off of my notes. I mean, I, I would just word for word, repeat almost everything exactly as you said it. Um, Baylor, yeah. Especially that part, but also the part about <laughs> Baylor hoping. being good. Uh, so Baylor, yes. Under, yes. And, uh, my greatest disappointment of bowl season is that Chiron drones hit the portal and transferred out before he had a chance to play in the Lockheed Martin armed forces bowl. It was a match made in heaven and he left. <laughs> oh, good point, Tom. He'd be another nice pickup for some team out there. Some power five school looking for a QB. That's right. It's pretty good, Tom. Okay, well, this is where we're going to stop picking lines. We will have a part two, maybe a part three, maybe a part four coming up. Um, Before we go, I want to pick your brains a little bit. Can you think of any players in future bowl games that are coming up who are going to opt out, who have not been named as opt out, or 
who've, who've not opted out yet, but who are going to. I mean, I'll go through, forget about players specifically, but I'll just go through, you know, I pegged a few games that I think are um, places where players from these teams would opt out. Um, the top two, in my opinion, they come later, but USC playing in the Cotton Bowl against Tulane is, you know, given that they were so close to the playoff, is not going to fire up most of the USC players. Now, I know you'll get Caleb Williams in there as he, you know, tries to win back-to-back Heismans and gears up, but, like, I wouldn't be surprised to see a bunch of USC guys opt out. Um, Addison, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and and also, Caleb Williams has that hamstring injury. They they, they might not play him either. Yeah. Um, so, other one, um, the Citrus Bowl, LSU versus Purdue, with, um, you know, LSU looking toward next year, actually had some talent. Um, Kayshawn Butte, who would have been my number one pick ever, says he's coming back, which is just yeah, shocked. Well, it's, I mean, it's remarkable what's changed since the NIL. Like now some of these guys see they can make so much money in college. They can probably make more than they can with a rookie deal. So some of these guys are like, oh, I'll just stay. But, um, you know, that aside, like LSU, um, is not in the bowl where they wanted to be a few weeks ago. And Purdue just lost Jeff Brom. I wouldn't be surprised if half the guys from both teams opt out of that game. So those would be two that I've, I really have pegged. The um, uh, Alabama's defense. I, I There's a chance that like five defenders could, could opt out of that sugar bowl. So that's smart. I, I Will Anderson. Kansas yeah. state's kind of an interesting play for me at plus three early. That might be a pick them by game time. Longhorns. Bijan. Why is he playing in that game? If he's going top 10 in the draft. True. Yeah. Good point. Uh, and another their, one, their line, their middle linebacker at Texas. He's getting, he's going to go in like the top three or he's going to opt out probably. too. Over Sean. Yes. And the other running back at Texas, who's also going to get drafted. Um, you know what? I, I'm going to bet Washington plus six tonight. I, I think Bijan is the most likely. Being a running back has no incentive of playing whatsoever. Another one I like in terms of opt-outs is the uh, guaranteed rate bowl in your hometown of Phoenix, Wisconsin versus Oklahoma State. Um, uh, Spencer Sanders already hit the portal. Wisconsin's Somehow. got Well, he's one of those guys who might have got thrown in the portal. But How many years is this? He's sorry. Listen, go ahead. I'm, I'm listen, getting angry. Thanks to COVID, you can just play forever now, until the team literally. <laughs> right. They just tell you like we don't want you anymore. You never actually lose your eligibility. You just get like you know spit out the bottom of college football and play for FCS, and then you decide to move on. But uh, Oklahoma State and Wisconsin, I could see me- many players from both of those teams opting out. So I actually don't think you get an advantage in terms of betting the game because I think it's going to be bad on both sides he's played four full years at oklahoma state i'm looking up the stats now 2019 20 21 22 he's started like it's not like he like redshirted like as a freshman he threw for 2,000 yards 16 touchdowns a whole shebang four full years he's like now nah, i'm ready to transfer <laughs> what the fuck Any words about Syracuse soccer? National champions. Impressive. I didn't know the championship was in uh, was now. I thought it was a spring sport, but 
I stand corrected. I did not know a, it was a, a, you know, a fall sport or whatever. B Syracuse had a soccer team or C that the game no. was on until you guys told me it was in penalty kicks. And uh, I did enjoy that epic conclusion. And now I love Syracuse soccer. That was really fun. I watched, I watched almost the whole game. I missed the first, uh, I turned it on right after Syracuse scored the first goal to go up one, nothing one nil. Sorry. And, uh, it's like saw the replay of that goal and watched the whole rest of the game. It was, it was good. It was, it was fun, entertaining. Congrats to Syracuse. Yeah. Who would have thought that the, the, the most recent national title would be men's soccer. Dan, do you remember your, the first CD you ever bought? Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. I remember, Dan, you bought like three or four. That was the first you, you one. You bought like four CDs in the span of like a week or two. Do you remember yeah. what they were? There were. It was epic. It was Red Hot Chili it's Peppers, Blood ever. Sugar Sex Magic. Then it was um, Pearl Jam 10 and then Nirvana Nevermind. That was the first three. Yeah, and you bought those like the same week. Yeah, I'm like, well, this is all I need. It's still all you need. Basically, my Classic. first CD I bought was uh, Fish Hoist. Yeah. Also very good. What's the worst CD you guys ever bought? It was the Presence of the United States of America's second album. Not oh. the one with Lump and Peaches and all that. I'm like, oh, great. Okay. There's a new one out. I remember buying that at that random CD store that was like across the street from like McDonald's. <laughs> like uh over there where like they're uh, you know I, I, I think that like weird plaza when you get off the highway over there you know the what's like colored green yes. but anyway yeah it was like 1799 for that album with no good songs that Zero. was that was the most 90s sentence that anyone's ever said and <laughs> you're like the green roofed cd store across the empty plaza from mcdonald's yeah. i bought the second I mean- presidents of the usa cd <laughs> That uh, was bad pickup. No good songs. My, I mean, mine famously is uh, Smashing Pumpkins Adore, which I was very, very yeah. excited for and then uh, hated it. Terrible. In hindsight, mm. not quite as bad as I pegged it as originally, but very bad. Close. I, got, I, know, I know exactly what my answer is. It's it's Razor Blade, Razor Blade Suitcase. Oh, God. Another strong choice. That is a Christmas horrible. gift. Thank God. <laughs> we all had it me and dan just didn't pay for it yeah, no i asked for it for christmas and i was like oh this is the worst christmas ever i <laughs> hate a, santa yeah. claus <laughs> that's when you stop and jesus that's when you stop believing both. in both i stopped <laughs> going to church after that <laughs> all right welcome to the take the points college football podcast all right i think we're good here for this episode um Enjoy the first uh, week of the bowl games. Um, these games are pretty lame, but we got a bunch of really good ones coming up in the next segment. Like it's a really, really good middle week there of bowl season from uh, Christmas through New Year's Day where it's loaded this year. So I'm super excited. All right. Thanks for listening to part one of our bowl spectacular. We will be back sometime next week with part two. Take care.